we have a whole industry that has been devastated by by this yeah. pandemic, like so many others. So, you know, we are waiting for that party to come back. But in the meantime, there's a lot of people on people's teams that need to, you know, have paychecks. And there's all of our clients and nonprofits who need to continuously waste money more now more than ever. Inform, inspire, and evolve. Welcome to Creating Community for Good, a podcast dedicated to philanthropy, the love of humankind. Join host Lindsay Simons in a friendly conversation about contributing to good as we bring together community, positivity, and energy to the business of generosity. Welcome your host, Lindsay Simons. Hi, all. This is Lindsay Simons, your host of Creating Community for Good. This podcast episode is multifaceted and human-centric. My guest is a now dear friend of mine that I met when we were in a high-pressure situation working together at UCSF Medical Center at Mission Bay to open to celebrate the opening of the hospitals back in 2014. You'll hear us allude to what we call a busy time, but it was really a dynamic time where we were incorporating all parties of the city, essentially bringing them together to celebrate the opening. And if you don't know, UCSF is the second largest employer in the city of San Francisco, second to the city. So it had multiple layers for sure. And we laugh about that. But really what it demonstrates is that when you're in a big organization, whether it's a nonprofit or a for-profit, there are many layers and departments. Oftentimes we end up siloed. So when you do have a chance to team up with another partner or another department, especially one that's high functioning, you might think that you know it, it might be hard to calibrate at first. But what I learned and what we both learned is that there were so many treasures to be uncovered collaborating together. And it was a, a great experience. So it's a recommendation to you that if you ever have the chance to, to team up, cross collaborate or exchange, even switch jobs as Andrew Cofftail talked about, just getting that diversity and exposure really adds richness and depth to your career and your sense of understanding departments and and teamwork. So that's what we talk about in the opening. But then we really talk about her being an events planner. So what does the events industry look like now during this very crazy hiatus time where people are not getting together and the industry is basically on a very firm pause during the pandemic? And so wondering what you can do in the meantime. And she's talked a lot about some of the self-care she's doing. There's some heartwarming stories and there's some good strategies in here. So I hope you enjoy and please let me know what you think. If you're interested in sharing how you create community for good, then I'm interested in talking to you. So please reach out to me and let's talk about what you do and how we can continue to uplift each other on this podcast. Thank you. And here we go. Hi, this is Lindsay Simons with Creating Community for Good, and I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Kelly O'Brien of Kelly O'Brien Events. Kelly is a dear friend of mine for a long time. We met probably back in, oh gosh, when did we meet? A long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) 10 years ago, 2015. Over 10 years ago. And we were working on a project in California for the University of California, San Francisco Medical Center, which is new construction of the new hospitals there. So I was on the philanthropic fundraising arm as a consultant and Kelly was running and she had started the entire operations for the events program for the medical center and for the children's hospital, Benioff Children's Hospital. So she and I worked together on opening the hospital and doing a massive community event. And ever since we've just been tied to the hip. 
we were laughing this morning that we can't believe how we began our friendship because we had come from such different departments at the fundraising department and the events department. <laughs> what, what do you make of that dynamic, Kelly? And welcome to the show. I haven't given you a chance to say anything. <laughs> oh, well, that was quite an introduction. Thank you. Um, and I'm so happy to be here. I'm so proud of you. And this your podcasts have been amazing. And I listen to them every week and sometimes twice because uh, so the content is so great. So I really appreciate what you're doing, especially as we're all pivoting during this crazy world that we're living in of COVID times and fires and all sorts of other things. So thank you for having me on. Gosh, yeah, we met under very crazy circumstances, but really great things. But I think, you know, when you and I were talking this morning, I think you hit it on the head when you said, gosh, we've got this creative side and they're creating and they're thinking outside the box. And then we have an institution that's a little more buttoned down and a little more straightforward in their thinking. So I felt so lucky when you came over to help us and I learned so much from you, which was great. And the team loved working with you. And I think that we showed you a whole different way of fundraising and thinking outside the, the you know, the typical uh, institutional box, shall we say. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And I think for those who are listening, I think it's just to really hone in on the fact that departments are so different, whether it's your events department or your fundraising department or your program operations department. And it's so important that you have cross-pollination and you get to go behind the scenes and work with each department to understand what makes them tick and why they're unique and you know how to communicate better so that you can be more effective in your work. Because oftentimes you get stuck in your silo thinking that your number one job is just to do what you're doing, right? So it's like, for me, it was just the fundraising. We had a, you know, nine figure capital campaign. So all we were looking at was the, you know, the moves management and prepping and coaching the leadership team and engagement with donors. And what you were doing was constant relationship management through events that we didn't necessarily even consider as part of our shared work, but they're the same people we were talking to. So I think it was really eye-opening for probably both of us to see what was being done behind the scenes and how we could be stronger together by understanding the departments better. Absolutely. And I think if more people took the time to understand what each person is doing and each team is doing, every every company would be a little better off. Because as you said, we were in our silo and we thought everyone, you know, everything revolved around the events. And, you know, obviously it didn't. So it was great to, to understand and have you on that team to show us that side. And it was great for you to go back and be able to say, oh, now I get what they're doing. And I get, you know, as we're speaking to the same exact donors and I'll try to accomplish the same thing. So I think it really was just communication and someone finally just saying, okay, let's all get together and figure this out instead of fighting with each other on different issues. Not like, you know, but just, you know, coming to the same end game. So yeah. uh, we did learn a lot. And you're right. I did have to take a step back and say, okay, it's not all about the events, but that's yeah. what my job was. So I yeah. wanted those to be the best that they could be. So we did learn a lot. And, um, Super grateful. I learned a lot from you and your team. So, Oh, and right back at you. Oh my gosh. And that's why we've become such fast friends, I think, is that there was so much respect for the other side, but also we have a shared sense of joy and creativity and playfulness. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on this call, Kelly, because I really want to showcase your creative thinking. So we've been talking about this podcast for some time. We actually did a earlier run of a recording of this earlier version, and then the world turned upside down. So here we are, we're still in the middle of COVID and we've got fires in California. It is an absolute wild time. There's political, you know, we're, we're in an election year and yes, we are. 
Yes, we are. I'm curious. So you are an events powerhouse. You didn't start that way. Tell us a little bit about your journey, where you began your career, how it morphed into events, and then where are you now? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, my career started really with Nordstrom. So I grew up always wanting to be what I thought a fashion costume designer. I went to school at FIDM in San Francisco, which I am a huge fan of. And then I ended up getting a job randomly at Nordstrom with a few of my friends, classmates, and learned that they had a personal shopping department. And I was like, well, this is great. I don't really have to go to Hollywood. I can just shop for real life people. This will be perfect. And I just literally got in the right place at the right time with a lot of hard work. And my first boss, Vicki McWilliams, who I'm still very good friends with to this day, and I'll circle back to that in a moment, gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. I had not even graduated from the Fashion Institute yet. And (laughs) she gave me the management role for personal touch, which was the personal shoppers at Stonestown. And so when I was in Stonestown, that's where it all started. And I was there for about a year, year and a half. met some incredible clients, a lot of news anchors we used to dress back in the day. And then the downtown San Francisco store opened, which was all the rage, if anyone remembers, that downtown store and the escalator that turned down on Fifth and Market and going down there and and working as a personal touch manager there. And then came along special events and working in the fashion office. So We hired all the models. We did all the fashion shows, which is where I started to learn a little bit about philanthropy with some of the events that we did. And I loved it. And I was there for a very long time. And then I got married and took a little break. And when I started my new life, I was talking to my very dear friends, Karen and Ronnie Lott, who I met Karen at Nordstrom many, many, many years ago. And they had an opportunity at their foundation and said, why don't you come and do this? And I thought, I don't. I don't know anything really about foundations and nonprofits. Sure. And so we just kind of learned. And I really learned about giving back from from Karen and Ronnie and their passion and not just with money, but, you know, how to serve people. And that's what we're here to do is to help and bring joy through events, but also with a purpose. So that's really how it started. And through working with Ronnie and Karen, we got involved or they were already involved, I should say with UCSF Medical Center at the time. It was not a children's hospital. And Ronnie and Karen, their foundation, All Stars Helping Kids, really put UCSF Children's Hospital on the map. Mm. And at the end of that, I got a call and just ended up having conversations with UCSF and the CEO of the Medical Center at the time, Mark Larratt, offered me positions that we don't have anyone doing events or community relations for the Medical Center. And I went and joined UCSF and Ronnie and Karen could not have been more gracious and Of course, it was so fun because they were still so involved with the hospital and got more and more involved when I went over over to that team. So uh, it's been full circle. Then I left UCSF. It was an experience of a lifetime opening that hospital, as you know, was incredible. Meeting the different people in the community, the philanthropist, everyone who gave so generously. And the neighbors. Yeah, the neighbor, the neighbors, the co-workers. It was just, it was so fascinating to be a part. I never thought in my lifetime I would be, have any knowledge of how a hospital was built. And it was just, it was fascinating and incredible. And when that was open and done, it was, it was time for a new challenge. And so that led me to Kelly O'Brien events. And we are very small. We are very boutique. We have our specialty, which is really doing events for nonprofits. And that's about 90% of our business. And the rest is 10% about 10 to 15% is doing private 
gatherings and things, no weddings for individuals and or corporations. So it's been an incredible journey. I've circled back. Vicki McWilliams, who was my very first boss, is uh, an executive leader at the Williams Sonoma Group in Pottery Barn. So I got involved with them. They were involved Gene Armstrong from Moon Snow was very involved in golf at Pebble Beach when I worked for Ronnie and Karen and heard I was on my own and said, great, we're going to do golf. So full circle that, you know, 15 years earlier, I met her and cold called her and said, we're doing this event at Pebble Beach and Karen, I would like to meet with you. And fast forward 15 years, my first boss, Vicky, is one of the presidents of that company. Karen and Ronnie got involved immediately and we started building this big tournament up at my comma for No Kid Hungry. So I feel like life is very small and very full circle. And so that's kind of where I am today. Kelly O'Brien Events is still going. Yeah. Obviously, (laughs) we have pivoted quite a bit. Now tell us about the changes. What's happening with events? Are they like, are they a thing? I mean, in California, nobody's getting together. Nobody in America is having big events. I don't think anybody is. I don't think it's safe. Obviously, safety is first. I mean, as much as we all want to enjoy a party and listen to music and, you know, have a cocktail with our friends while raising funds for really amazing causes, now it's not the time for that. So we need to concentrate on getting our, our country and keeping everyone safe. So things have changed. We have definitely lost some clients who will be rebooking for next year. So we're, you know, we're very much looking forward to that. But I, I'm not sure events will ever be back in the way that they were before or how we knew them. I think maybe in time, but I feel like the next year it's it's not going to be business as usual. So yeah. different organizations we're working with, some are going virtual, some we're doing uh, a lot of strategy and outreach and general relations, which I learned so many great things from you. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and really just trying to keep everybody engaged. You know, everybody, yeah. there's a lot going on. Like you mentioned, it's COVID, it, there's fires in California. We have some of our national clients who have had to put, you know, their major fundraising for different hospitals on hold. So there's a lot that's just unknown at the time. So we're just trying to keep everybody as tight and organized as they can be and just keeping those relationships with vendors and donors and open so that when we are ready to go back, they're there, they know what's going on and missions have changed. Cores are still there of their missions, but obviously things are much different than they were six months ago. So we're just, we're just here and we're doing, doing what we can. So a lot of your magic is in the delight, the delighting the customer, delighting the audience. When a guest shows up to one of your events, there are surprises from the second they walk in to the moment they leave. And also before and after too, with your invitations being specially crafted and maybe bigger or smaller than ordinary envelope, as well as email, you put a lot of care into the experience and it's really a human to human experience. So now what? What are you seeing in the world are you getting involved in virtual reality or not virtual reality, but For virtual sure. events? That'd be, that'd be I feel like we are in <laughs> VR personally, but I know, I know. Yeah. So I know that your your craft has really been in person. What's happening now and what are you seeing other organizations doing? I think, I mean, I think we're all seeing the same thing. There is not a lot of magic to what can happen with events right <laughs> now, unfortunately. Video. I think I think with weddings, there are some great, I've seen some great Bay Area wedding planners who are doing pop-ups, you know, for 10, uh-huh. or, 10 or less people and getting really creative and trying to make that such a special day for people who have had a plan for years and years, you know, and people are sending their guests that have canceled, you know, bottles of wine and champagne saying, open it at this time, we'll be at City Hall, cheers to us. So people are getting very creative. 
creative. Unfortunately, in, for most of my clients, that doesn't really work. We can't really go play golf right now. We can't have a concert. There's so many things we can't do. Yeah. So again, it's really just engaging. We are we are pivoting. I don't want to give away the secret totally, but Holiday Heroes, which is this magical event. Lindsay, you've been a little part of that. That happens at Oracle Park every year. Obviously, we can't have 1,200 kids running around the ballpark right now. So we will be bringing that event to them with a virtual link and trying to provide some magic for the parents and the kids. So while they won't be at the ballpark, we'll be coming to them from the ballpark and hopefully creating a little holiday magic. So mm-hmm. it's a little little different, but you know, virtuals are not not events the way yeah. we do them. And there's people that are doing corporations are having a much different experience with them. But for fundraisers, it's different. But so many people are are actually using it as an opportunity to make more money and to reach a broader audience. So that has been really exciting. Typically, if someone's in New York, they're not going to fly out to San Francisco for your event or people in San Francisco aren't flying to Baltimore. So to be able to send everyone a link and have them join, ALS Project out of New York is doing a fabulous job. They just did a big one with Broadway stars singing and it was fantastic. So people are getting really creative and uh, we love watching them and we love being a part of some of them. So Mm -hmm. we look forward to to what the next six months has to has to offer but we got a few in front of us yeah well I'm always inspired by your creativity and I also want to cut through some of the formalities of an interview and really just dig into getting to put a little bit more light on you Kel because you know you and I I picked up the phone this morning as you called and the only reason I answered was because I was busy doing other things but I said I have just literally been thinking about you in the last 24 hours. I went to bed journaling about the people in my life that I'm so grateful for because they just bring me joy and light. And I feel they're always in my corner and making me laugh. And you were on that list. And I was so happy to hear your voice this morning. And we just laughed about anything from, right? Like what the heck is going on in the world and how are we managing and keeping alive with our (laughs) industries changing so much? But then also, you know, life with friends and family and romance and how we're cutting out a lot of the crap, a lot of the noise of being busy and focusing more in on the heart and what's really important to us as humans during this time of you know hardship for everybody during COVID and all of the layers of complexities that have started to hit us in 2020. So I just want to ask you, you know, what is it that you're seeing and how are you reflecting on this time? What changes are you hoping to make? Or what are you already making? Just give us a little reflection on this time and how things may have shifted. I think like so many, and it was so fun to talk to you this morning. I was laughing so hard. We were cracking up. I know. Oh, I just love your spirit. It's so great. I need a dose of you every morning. Um, <laughs> right but I think, <laughs> I think everybody, I think this, this time, I think maybe one of the blessings, if you can call it that, is that I think people really are taking a look at their life. I mean... I was used to just running and waking up to 30 to 40 emails a day, you know, Mm. juggling, you know, 10 or 15 different vendors for four or five different events, trying to, yeah, I mean, just going, going, going. And then my time was never there. There was no Mm -hmm. time, you know, I'd get up in the morning and say, okay, five to seven, I'm going to check my emails and that would be noon. And I would, you know, still going. So I think for me, it has been a blessing that I've been able to slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. and really just take a breath and really think about 
what clients and how I can help my clients and really being strategic about it instead of just trying to be on that little, that little rat race. And I've really started to kind of put myself first and wellness sounds, you know, like the new buzzword, but it's been so nice to be able to do that. Haley Lott has a great meditation that I've been doing, some breath work with her. Taryn Toomey, who is a dynamite that I had the incredible opportunity to meet her and her team, a Marie Claire power trip that we worked on a few years ago. And she, she's got a class like, you can't even describe it. It's so incredible. So I've been doing that. I'm on my Peloton, you know, taking <laughs> calls on my Peloton. So I'm really for uh, the first That's time. That's why you were out of breath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was, I was running. It's just really kind of saying, Hey, this is a time for me. I don't have as many emails and I don't have as yeah. many calls. And instead of kind of wandering around, like, what's my purpose? Well, a big goal for me is getting healthy and, yeah. and that's, has been sacrificed by my own doing for so long. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to say, you know what, I'm going to do this and I can make that hour to jump on my Peloton or I can take that hour to connect with friends. I made a list of yeah. friends that I needed to connect with and that I really wanted to make a commitment that every week or every month I was going to touch base and, you know, just have, spend more time with my nieces and mm-hmm. just really spend quality time with people and kind of what we were talking about. I just, you know, I want my life to be full of quality with my clients and my business as well as my personal life. And there's got to be that balance. And it's so, it's so easy for it to get out of balance either direction. So we have a, we're lucky enough to have a cabin and we've been spending a lot of time up there and, you know, completely 10 years we've had it. We're never there more than two or three days. So we have completely cleaned out the entire cabin, you know, DVD, DVD, DVRs, whatever they're called, we had up there and old books. And, you know, so we've just completely been cleaning everything out and painting and just really trying to simplify our lives. So it's been really nice. I love that. And I'm looking for the only reason why my face is turned away is because I'm trying to find the author of the book that I sent you this morning. So we were talking about how important it is to listen to our gut and to be listening to our intuition. And so I shared with you a little video that was shared with me. I have not client. watched it yet, but I'm looking forward to watching it okay. this afternoon. Okay. I can't wait for you to watch it. It's called Hell Yes or No. Hell Yes <laughs> is the only way we can go. Whether it's Hell Yes with your friends, you know, Hell Yes, you know, with your clients, yeah. with your business. And, you know, that's another fun thing. Yeah. We have a really great group. There's someone in San Francisco who has an incredible table that he puts together every year at the opera. And three years ago, he put this table together. None of us knew each other, except for we all knew the host and his, his beautiful wife. And we've all become such good friends, all different walks of lives. And we're all super close. So we've been doing zoom calls or, you know, one of them sends treats, I have cookies out to everybody. So just like trying to connect more and just bring some joy to people's life. Yeah. And just like a quick text, a quick hello. You know what, you know, Jesse, Jesse Etzler, who I'm absolutely obsessed with. Everyone should, should listen to him. He's such a motivator, but, you know, it takes 30 seconds to send a text to someone. So just really Mm -hmm. trying to make the time to make a difference and be authentic and, you know, enjoy life a little more. Yeah. We were talking about the types of quality or the types of people that we want in our lives too, and that it's really important for there to be some alignment. And one thing we talked about was how my life is really imperfect, but I try to have a a purpose-driven life in having impact on community and others, making sure that I'm taking care of myself and that I'm caring for and loving my family, my friends, my clients. And, you know, this podcast is really all about trying to 
bridge any gaps that we have between the field and also just as humans and to talk about enlightenment in a way. You know, how are we, how are we progressing and evolving? And maybe this is not a spiritual podcast. It's not, but it's, it's really trying to get the heart of, you know, what is really what drives you and what are some of the complex thoughts that are on your horizon that are really going to lift us all up together. And we talked about the importance of giving back to people. And it is not just through industry. It's not just, you know, when you were working with events and then you came into UCSF and then continued on with your events on your own business and into the new world that you're doing now, which is dynamic and evolving, but that there's a human element behind it all that comes back to your credos or your family way of being. And just curious, like where did this sense of philanthropy or supporting community come from? And can you give us an example of that? Oh gosh. Well, I think, I mean, you know, where we grew up, we grew up in Santa Rosa, which is a small town, but we went to church every week. And so we always took the envelope to church. Right. And it wasn't much. We, Mm. you know, we didn't, we didn't have a lot growing up. We, you know, we, we were fine, but I think my parents just always, gave back, whether it was to our neighbors or just trying to help or at the school. So I think that's really where it started, but it was a very small level. It was nothing what I've been exposed to later in life. But I think really when I went to work for Nordstrom and they had a big campaign for all their employees with the United Way at the time, and it was really like your $10 does make a difference. They had different people and organizations mm-hmm. come in and speak about, you know, making a difference. And so, you know, at the time I probably started at $10 a week and or paycheck and just grew. And you can see what a difference it makes. And it's so easy. You know, nowadays I always say skip a Starbucks and donate that. If you donate one Starbucks a week, that makes a difference in somebody's life. So I, I, and then honestly, when I went to work for Ronnie and Karen, I saw what, what they did and it exposed me to so many different organizations that were doing so good in the community that you just, my way of helping, I can't write a big check that's ever going to make a difference, but I can work and, and that's my path. That's my way to give back. And I'm very grateful for that. So, you know. And I want to tell you that your gifts do make a difference, just as you just said, every bit does count. And there's certainly some donors who are mega donors and who are able to create a whole new program. That's one thing, but it does take a village to actually maintain any program and any nonprofit. And I tell you what, right now we're at the stage in philanthropy where every dollar is counted and, you know, deeply appreciated because there are some people who have been devastated by the economic downturn of the pandemic. And there are others who have benefited and others who are just, you know, hanging in there and everybody who's able to pitch in, whether it is at $10 or all the way up to millions of dollars, it does make a difference. Yeah, so, I mean, just today, someone that I worked with at Williams-Sonoma called just on her own. Her and her husband are making 400 mm-hmm. backpacks for kids this weekend for a school in San Francisco. And these kids don't have anything. So she's arranged for lunches with them and said, can you contribute to the backpacks? And I said, you know, absolutely we can. Okay. So later tonight, you'll be getting a little link to help uh, contribute to the, to okay. the goods of the, ba- uh, right. the backpack. But there's so many people and why we're all struggling in different ways during whether it's financial and, and health-wise or combination of both, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm blessed and I'm really grateful for everything I have and I have to get back. Now, I don't have a lot to give right now, but I can certainly support the backpack. So, you know, we're happy to jump in and, and help wherever we can. I think if everyone just 
learn that from an early age, whether it's just donating a pack of pencils to a child who can't afford them or, you know, donating toiletries through, you know, the Snuggly Soray account at UCSF and helping a family who comes to the hospital with nothing and needs that toothbrush. So there's so many ways people can get involved from from the toiletry yeah. to naming a building. And uh, you and I have seen everything in between and have gotten very creative <laughs> on what people can support when uh, when they're looking to give. So, we, you know, there's so many organizations. So I just feel really, oh, really true. lucky to be able to help in some small way. I love that. And whoever is listening and these nonprofits that you're just listing off, hopefully they are too, because they're getting really good shout outs from you. I love that you're always promoting others. Uh, I'm a connector. Um, you know, know me. I'll connect. You I love that's probably my favorite thing to do is just connect people with good people with good people and connect brands with good, good brands. And yeah, I like a swag bag. So I like oh, good true. things in it. And, you know, I've been lucky that all these vendors and people want to meet each other and, and stuff. It's fun. I love that. And so I won't make you um, to your own horn, but you were talking to me and giving me some sage advice about my personal life. And you said, Hey, you know, there's always time for people to join you on the path. And when you, you told a story about how you were in the line at the grocery store and there was a family who could not pay their grocery bill. And it was a big bill because they didn't have, was it that they didn't have the credit card? Or the ATM wasn't working or a credit card wasn't working. Their ATM wasn't working. And and you went ahead and paid it, and everybody was blown away by that. And it was a big it was a big purchase. And they asked for your card, and you said, "Sure, here it is." But it doesn't matter. It's not about whether you pay me back or not. It's just that I want to help you out and the family out right now to make you not feel this embarrassment of having to put everything back or not being able to pay and trying to call the banks. And that is truly philanthropy. That's the love of humankind. That's regardless of whether you're doing any kind of donations through a nonprofit, it's actually about the human connection. The nonprofits aggregate it and organize it. But I just want to shout out to you for that nature of generosity. And you're constantly thinking of how you can help others. You when we talked this morning too, you said, I want to introduce a potential donor to a potential organization that you work with. And it's it's just part of your fabric. And I want to encourage others to take the moment in, in the day and say, you know, it doesn't have to be a big gesture. It doesn't have to be your whole life changed. It's just what is one thing that you can do to lift somebody else up today, whether it's because they need it in the moment or it's because you just want to send them quick text and send them th- some love. I think there are little ways that you can contribute to making the world a little bit easier right now because we're all going through such a roller coaster. So hard. And I mean, a text, a text can mean so much, you know, back to what Jesse says, it takes 30 seconds and you never know what that text we're all going through. You know, everything always seems greener on the other side, the grass and, you know, everyone's going through their own form of whatever it is. Maybe it's not financial for some people, but it's health wise for other people. And maybe it's health for some and others are wealthy and wise. So I think, you know, I think again, I think kindness is just what we're all looking for right now in this time. And I have been so lucky in my life to meet so many people who have been so kind and gracious to me over the years and given me chances in teaching me and really watching other people who just give, you know, and, you know, that's giving a smile to someone that's just giving a phone call. It's taking the time to say, I care, you know, it's, you know, when this started, my mom lives in an over 55 community. Several of her neighbors don't drive. They don't have families here. And we're like, no problem. We were getting everyone's groceries for them and dropping them off. And it just, 
it doesn't matter. I'm going to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods anyway. So what does it matter if I spend another 15 minutes and another $25 to bring someone food who has no food? So, you know, we yeah. never know when we might be in need. And I think it's just the right thing to do. So, but everybody has it. I mean, everybody, I hear great stories every day from people who are doing kids who are doing incredible things with lemonade stand. You know, it's just, I think the world yeah. is going to be kinder when this is over and have more patience yeah. and yeah. So resilience. Resilience for so, sure. Since you are primarily an events company, what can we do as the audience that might be able to help you? Like if you were to just put in a plug to say, set your vision and whoever's listening, if there are any leads or any thoughts for how they can help you, what would that be? I know you still have some clients, but you're, are you taking on other creative opportunities as well? I am taking on a few other creative opportunities. Obviously, it kind of right before all this started, I was missing retail a lot. I spent many, many years in retail. And work, I used to work a lot with my clients in their homes and organizing all their closets. And so I had kind of started dabbling back into that again. And I've been doing a lot more of it. And it's really, really fun. It's getting a lot of my creative uh, juices flowing that can't really flow for events right now. So it's been really fun. And I've had, I have some interesting clients kind of all over. and. You're doing editing, like you're, you're doing interior design editing or clothing editing. Kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it's been really, really fun. So, but I'm, 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 my dress <laughs> I'm an events girl at heart and I can't wait for us to all be able to celebrate again together in the same room. And yeah, yeah. that's, I mean, I can't wait for them to come back and they will. And in the meantime, we're all, yeah. you know, it's, this is a whole industry and there are some incredible event planners around this country who are doing Jennifer Gilbert with Save the Date in New York. Everybody, it's Jess Gordon, who has a brand new book out. That's incredible that everybody should get Party to the Moon. So there's, there oh. we have a whole industry that has been devastated by, by this yeah. pandemic, like so many others. So, you know, we are waiting for that party to come back. But in the meantime, there's a lot of people on people's teams that need to, you know, have paychecks and there's all, all of our clients and nonprofits who need to continuously waste money more now more than ever. So, yeah, I can't wait for them to yeah. come back. But well, in the meantime, just doing a few random things here and there. When we party, it will be a big party. That's for sure. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, neither can the rest of, like, nobody in society, I feel. Maybe a few hermits, but everybody else is like, it's going to be a big party. It's going to be a big party. The good news is we've got some musical. Uh, Michael Fronty and his wife, Sarah Fronty, as, as you know, have do it for the love. And they have really been yep. bringing some love and joy on. I've been able to connect them with a few really great partners. And I got to be on the virtual the other day and watch from, oh, the, from the back end. And the comments that were coming through were unbelievable. And it just, oh, it fun. made me smile because people were enjoying the music so much. And it was a pretty serious company meeting and for 30 minutes they just got to have fun and to see the comments like we can't wait for a concert again we miss music oh my um, gosh can he come to every you know every one of our meetings and you know music inspires people and it's all about hope and healing too so you know hopefully we'll be able to party again and have yeah. some music and dance around like everyone's watching yeah sarah and michael fronti's do it for the love foundation is very inspirational i see them on instagram a lot too for anybody who's listening and wants to check that out they've got really good Question for you, Kelly, is if there was one mission, one person, one organization, one concept that you want to shed light on, what would it be? Oh, just one? Yep, just one. Oh. And I know you have a lot of clients, so it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. It could just be something you're thinking about. I think going back to people connecting, I think... There's another great event producer here in, in the Bay Area, Chrissy Delisle, and she and I have been able to partner the last couple of years on a, on a 
okay. event with Marie Claire and it's called the power trip and it's, it's women coming together to support other women. And it's pretty remarkable. And again, just seeing all those connections that are made where it's full of a ton of surprise and delight from the second they get on the airplane to the second, you know, 72 hours later when they leave. And we've seen some other small events that we've been doing like that and really seeing people just connect. So when you yeah. see especially women just getting together and really trying to make a difference. It's really fantastic. And I think that's on the the private side and on the nonprofit side, I would just say my shout outs to anybody, whatever they support to keep supporting, whether it's make a wish or do it for the love or all stars helping kids or UCSF Benioff children's hospital family house. Another one of my favorites, these families need help more than ever. It's so challenging for them right now. So there's just whoever you support, just, try and give them a little extra love or whatever you can, whether that's a note note card or a smile or a text or a check, whatever you can do. I love it. You're awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Kelly. I just think your work is phenomenal and I can't wait to go to one of your next events. And just the human that you are is a leader and it's a model. And I just, I want to let you know how much I appreciate you and I'm inspired by you. So wow. thanks for joining. Lindsay, I hope that I'm others will enjoy you. your energy too. And I've learned so much for you. So thanks for having me on. With this latest valuable episode, we'd love to thank you for joining us on the Creating Community for Good podcast. If you found today's show valuable, simply visit our website, creatingcommunityforgood.com to leave a review as well as to get access to additional resources and relevant links from this show. Stay tuned for more episodes.